You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good morning, Bucknutters. It is Tuesday, July 7th, 2020. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. We will get to Dwayne Long and a little bit of a Q&A here in just a second. First, some house cleaning. If you have not given the show a five-star review on iTunes, please go ahead and do so. It really helps. Also, if you are listening to the podcast on Spotify, you are one click away from subscribing. iTunes and Spotify are the two most popular platforms for the pod. Once again, if you're on Spotify, you are one click away from subscribing. Please go ahead and do that as well. But if it's Tuesday, that can only mean one thing. Dwayne Long checks in from the capital city. Dwayne, it is damn hot in Ohio. It was 93 yesterday. They're saying it's going to be 91 today. And it was, you could feel it. It was just, I mean, it was, the sun was beating down. It was, you know, you never know what's going to happen in Ohio. Tomorrow it could be 60. We posted a thread on the front row asking for some questions. The response wasn't as brisk as we might like, but we will tackle what was there. The first question comes from Jamie Mac 85 and asks you to employ the Wayback Machine. Dwayne, who was a better quarterback, Joe Germain or JT Barrett? Oh, man. That's, that's wow. Uh, you know, you're talking about two different eras. You're talking about two different offenses. Because John Cooper's was such a, a pro-style offense. I mean, he was, uh, he, was, uh, he was pushing these guys on going to the NFL. That was one of his selling points. Who was better? Well, let's just look at it this way. You know, if you're just asking me who is a better pure passer, it was Joe Germain. There's no question about it. Joe Germain is is just one of those guys that gets, uh, uh, you know, they weren't winning championships at the time. Uh, Big Ten title was elusive because they couldn't beat Michigan. So, you know, th- those teams back then probably did not get the the uh, respect they, they did. They should have. And uh, Joe Germain was just outstanding quarterback. He could throw the football, just could not move. So then you kick in J.T. Barrett with how much an impact his feet had on Buckeye wins. And, uh, wow, better, better quarterback, I'm going to go with J.T. Barrett. He, just, he could just do more. He was just more versatile. Uh, people forget that J.T. Barrett, his, uh, his freshman year, he – he threw for uh, how many yards? I mean, he broke so many records when uh, just throwing the ball. I think as time got going on, I think something that really hurt JT Barrett was just getting obsessed with not turning over the ball. Yeah, you can't have your quarterback throwing the ball all over the place and, and turning over the ball. You can't do that. But he still got – he would hesitate. He wanted to be absolutely sure, and he wouldn't cut it loose. That's, I think that was what really had a huge impact on, uh, on JT Barrett, just that one simple thing. But uh, overall, you look at the wins, you look at, you look at uh, the fact that the offense is prolific under JT Barrett. JT Barrett, the offense worked. 
It may not – you know, some people are seeing, not throwing a ball down the field once. I think we heard a stat one time that uh, it had been uh, 85 or, or 90 throws, something like that, that, that uh, JT Barrett had not thrown a ball over 15 yards down the field. It was a crazy stat. It was very telling. But uh, I think there was something more to it. It wasn't that he couldn't. It was that he wouldn't. Yeah, JT obviously played a huge role in the championship season. I will never forget that win at night at Michigan State when he and Devin Smith kind of kick-started the run towards a title. It does seem like after his injury against Michigan, he was never really quite the same. Some highlights, but he did have a tremendous career and earned some accolades this week being named Big Ten Quarterback of the Decade. Next question comes from Chip Munn, who's basically carrying today's pod. Dwayne. <laughs> How many games do you think Ohio State will play between September 5th, 2020 and January 11th, 2021, and why? Basically, he's asking how far Ohio State will go this season. September 5th, 2020 is the Bowling Green game, the season opener, and January 11th will be the college football playoff championship game. So, Dwayne, how many games will Ohio State play this season and why? Well, I (laughs) – uh, this is a great question is I think you're also got to add in, you know, the, the problems with, are they going to push back the season or something like that? I think that's part of what Chip's trying to say there. Uh, I don't know about that anymore. At one point I was adamant that this was going to be just two weeks ago. I was adamant that they're stop worrying about this. And now there some of the things they're saying, I don't know if college football is going to have crowds and some university presidents have said, uh, that they would not – that there is no college football without the crowd. So I, what's going to happen there? If one school says – one Big Ten school says uh, we're not doing that, we're not having crowds, so we're not having college football, think about what that's going to do to the schedules of how many different teams, not just the Big Ten teams, out of conference. And then those out of conference schools, are they got a hole in their schedule. So it's got a it's got a – an effect that can be felt down the line. So uh, I know what he's saying there in that respect. It, I don't know. I could not say right now. Uh, we'll see on that. Now, looking at it just in, from a football standpoint, I look at, uh, at the offense is going to be – I don't know what anybody's going to be able to do about this offense that plays football on Saturdays. There are so many weapons. And we just load it up again. We bring in a guy like Troy Sermon, uh, and then we have the newest receivers are going to push some guys down the depth chart. Just get ready for it. It's going to happen. You're, you're not going to keep these, uh, these guys that, that just came in. They came in early, and I'm telling you, they're going to get on a football field. You just can't keep – game is game. So – uh, these guys are going to get get on the Julian Fleming is the best receiver I've seen in several years. The the kid is just he's got every tool that you can think of. I mean, there's some question about level of competition, but he's just a spectacular player. Uh, Guy Scott is is <laughs> I mean, watch this kid play football. You just watch their high school films. These guys are going to be playing football. So the weapons that and and the offensive line has the potential to be the best offensive line we've seen in a while. I mean, these guys, uh, we're seeing preseason accolades for Davis, for Wyatt Davis. Davis, I do not understand why uh, we're not seeing the same thing 
for Myers because the kid is just he's a train wreck out there. Boom, he's knocking people around. Was it Wisconsin that he hit a linebacker at about the ten yard line and he finally fell inside the end zone? These guys are going to be destroying people in there. It, it's it's going to be Harry Miller is going to be at, at the other guard, I suspect. And and you know the thing about Harry Miller is. He's a 310, 350-pound natural center. You know, those, you see those guys in the NFL that aren't even 300 pounds. Got to be mobile. But and Harry, Harry uh, Miller is at 315. So just what's going to be going on inside, you got a three-year starter in Munford on, on the left side, and somebody is going to take that. There's just too much talent uh, on the roster for them not to find a right tackle who can be at least effective. So uh, what this offense is going to be able to do is just run up and down the field, and can anybody, can anybody match that? And I don't think it's possible. I don't look at any team on the roster and see, or in a, on a schedule and see somebody that can you know, stay with the Buckeyes no matter how young our defense is. They still got to try, to try to keep track, and I don't see that happening. So with that said, uh, defensive, you know, it really, it's just experience. It's not a matter of we, we don't know what kind of talent we got. We got talent. Don't, don't make that mistake. We do. We just got a bunch of kids, especially in the secondary, who have not played a lot of football. We use, lose Chase Young, and we can't worry about losing Chase Young. There's, there's nothing you can do about it. You don't replace those kind of guys. Now, you can replace their production, but you can't replace an individual like that. Even though uh, Chase Young went second in, in the draft, it was just he was the best player in the draft by anybody that you talk to. So you just don't replace an individual like that. It, they come along once in a while. The, this defense will gel. Buckeye Nation, it's going to gel. It just may take a few games. The offense will just run up and down the field, though. So I believe that there will be Absolute minimum, 13 games. Ohio State will get to the championship game, the Big Ten championship game. From there, it's are they going to uh, uh, make it to a playoff or are we in a position where um, we're going to just end up in a bowl game? So I'm going to say at least 14 games, if not 15. I believe that's going to happen. This, this, As I said, the offense is just going to be probably the, the, the greatest show on earth. We'll take a quick break, come back, tackle some more questions. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We are back. Thank you, Chip Mullen. Dwayne, what are the odds Jack Miller takes Ohio State's first offensive snap on September 2nd, 2021 in Minneapolis? For those who don't know, Ohio State is scheduled to open the 2021 season against the Golden Gophers in Minneapolis. So basically that question is, who do you think the starting quarterback will be after Justin Fields moves on? I think, I think you've got you to go with the odds and say C.J. Stroud. But I think Miller has got a much better chance than, than, uh, than fans are giving him. I think the, the thing is you have to look at what happened last year. 
What happened last year? C.J. Stroud started on an upward arc that took him to. I mean, he he was uh, uh, arguably the best best uh, pocket passer in the country, even though the kid's so very mobile. Uh, he says he's he's a pocket passer. Yeah, he's a passer first. That's what. Uh, and there's no question about that. This is not a kid who makes things happen because defenses are worried about him running the ball. No, this kid's going to stand in the pocket and deliver the football. But that is the thing. Jack Miller can do that too. We didn't get to see that last year because Jack Miller was hurt. We're seeing all this stuff with C.J. Stroud, and we're seeing nothing with Jack Miller. When you offer a player as a sophomore, let me tell you something. You're, you're, uh, Uh, that's that's just a great football player to offer a quarterback as a sophomore. That's just that shows a a rare talent, and Jack Miller has it. Big kid standing there and throw the ball, and once he's loose, C.J. Stroud when he's he's uh, breaks the line of scrimmage, he's running like a receiver. Uh, Jack Miller's running like a tight end, a really athletic tight end. I'm telling you. Miller has a much better chance at this than anyone's given him credit for. Rust, I believe, is also going to be an issue with him. He just did not play a lot of football last year. And the, there, there, the proof is out there that the more reps a quarterback has, the better chance he's going to be a successful quarterback. So that's something Stroud definitely has on him, uh, that advantage. And he is the more athletic kid. No doubt about that. But Miller, do not count him out. That's just not as big a deal with uh, Ryan Day offense as it was Urban Meyer. If, it, if this was Urban Meyer's offense, I would say Stroud, and there's just no question about it. But uh, Miller, Jet, Ryan Day wants his quarterback to stand in the pocket and deliver the football. How many called runs did we even have last year for the quarterback? And Justin Fields is as athletic as Braxton Miller and bigger. So uh, maybe not as fast, but, you know, we just – that's just not part of the offense anymore. The zone read is just – we're going to see it. When we see it, we're going to be surprised. Let's just say it like that. This will be fun to watch too because if the offense is as advertised, there's a lot of garbage time out there for quarterbacks to go out there and show what they can do. So I have a feeling by the end of the year we'll have a decent sense if it will be Jack or CJ, but that will come in due time. Okay, final question. Again, Chip Munn, thank you very much. Provided Ohio State advances to the college football championship game, that's a 15-game season. If that happens, would you take the over or under of 1,500 rushing yards for Trey Sermon? Oh, man, another tough one. You see, I think we're going to have a lot of running back by committee. He's going to be a senior, right? Okay, this is his last year. So uh, they're going to want to spread that out a little bit. You've got to worry about the portal these days. Kids get decide they're, well, I'm not going to play here. I'm going to play somewhere. And they, they're going to go. And the, the odds are quite good they're not going to be uh, uh, denied. They're going to be able to play right away. So you got some backs that are going to want to, uh, want to play. And if they're not playing, they're not going to wait till next year. They, they're going to, they're, yeah, I'll play next year somewhere else where I know I'm going to get to play. So uh, I think we're going to spread it around a little too much for Sermon uh, to uh, get 1,500 or more, even in 1,500 at 15 games. If he does, that is just 
what this offense is going to be prolific is an understatement. It's going to be a monster if if uh, uh, he's rushing for fifteen hundred yards. Let's add the injury element too. All these guys are coming off knee injuries, except uh, seal except steel chambers. So uh, they're probably going to want to spread them out just to not take too much damage to those knees. So I'm going to say under. Uh, hoping for over. We appreciate Dwayne stopping by. We appreciate Chip Munn. Have a good one, Bucknutters. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. 